I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday, and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. Okay, we are back. It is Tuesday. Sarah Haynes is here. Hello, Sarah. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, we're I taping a little. It was morning. <laughs> we're taping a little later than usual. We're a little out of it and dazed. Mm-hmm. I think uh, having the day yesterday kind of through everybody. And the snow today. We just had a very bad uh, moment where the two of us were staring at our phones, Devices. sitting here in a in a closed room, and the control room had to rap on the glass to let us know it was time to start the it was podcast. Embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it felt I mean, like a Gen Zer. Well, or, it was it was on on brand for me. I feel like you're supposed to be more mindful. I'm super things. mindful, and I was busy scrolling, and I admit I was busted. Yeah, yeah, I kind of enjoy that. Um, all right. Well, listen, the Iowa caucus was last night and Trump won very quickly. You grew up in Iowa. You yeah. are the, uh, you know, the kind of the patron saint of all things <laughs> Iowa. Um, what do you know about Iowans? Is that how you say it? Iowans? Iowans. Iowans that maybe some of us don't understand. I wish I could explain on the heels of a caucus um, Iowans and maybe what they're thinking. It's a that That's a trickier question. One thing I do know is Iowans are very proud of their caucuses mm-hmm. because they, um, they're they rarely the special state. Everyone's eyes are on Iowa. Politicians, when I say I'm from Iowa and my town, everyone knows where it is because of these caucuses and the Iowa State Fair. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to add some color because when you read headlines and I work in the business, people come in and it's like, Trump swept Iowa, 66% believe in the big lie. It's important to know the context of those numbers, which is what I was offering today. I feel like you came in fired up to defend the honor of Iowa this morning. Well, it's more because um, I think that Iowa's to some people, is an easy punching bag. I'm very proud being from the middle of the country and, you know— all of the parts of the state. I, I I feel I was lucky to be part of that state with all the, you know, I knew a lot of really good, hardworking people that are very simple and aren't trying to be anything else. And that resonates with me. I like it. So growing up, the caucuses are a thing. If They're you're huge. in Iowa, you know about the caucuses yep. from an early age. It's all. Yeah, because you also about. know, like in my life, I was so excited because I remember like shaking Bob Dole's hand or, you know, it was a big deal. And I think the headlines as someone who's like anyone else lived through this time and is not a fan of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. watching those headlines make it sound like the entire state endorsed him. I also feel a little onus or, or responsibility to clear that up, that only 5% of the voting population, 5% to be participates in the caucuses. And it, it, this was a Republican caucus, and only 13% of registered Republican voters in the state voted. So I just think it's important to have context for those numbers. Yes, he swept the caucuses. Yes, it may not be shocking. It might have been predicted, but it is not representative of the entire state and what they're thinking. And so I just think it's important to distinguish that. And the fact that Iowa goes first for the Republicans and did for a long time for the Democrats is a real point of pride, I think, right? That's something that was important. It is. Iowa doesn't have professional teams. Like, no mm-hmm. one's checking on Iowa. We have Caitlin Clark, who is as good as that. She's yeah. University of Iowa Hawkeye women's basketball player. Check her out. And you have the Field of Dreams game, which is Field of cool. Dreams, you know, so we, and people ask every Iowan if they've ever seen it. But we we don't have things. People, it's a flyover state. The joking t-shirts we wear 
make fun of the fact we recognize many people are like, wow, I've never been there. And I'm like, shocker. Like, Mm -hmm. not many people have. My own husband has yet to be in Iowa because my family's not there. That's fascinating. Yeah. Really? He's dying to go. He went to to Chicago. Chicago. And that's a city. That is not exactly Iowa. And everyone was so kind. He comes back and he's like, I used to think you were special. But after going to Chicago, I realize everyone's like you in the the Midwest. Midwest is great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was just saying, like, he, he wants to go. But... Iowa mocks itself, we know, and but to have the caucuses, it puts us on the map for a lot of people. Right, and of course, home of Sarah Haynes Day. Newton That's Knox. Newton, Iowa. Nobody yeah. celebrates that, but I'm really grateful to the mayor for naming it that. Yes. I am too. I think that's fantastic. Anyone celebrating that day was already celebrating my birthday <laughs> elsewhere in their lives. So we're good. No, I actually abstain from your birthday, but celebrate Sarah Haynes Day officially, <laughs> which is an odd choice, but it's a choice I make. All right. Like um, who else is famous from Iowa? Elijah Wood. Um, Jason Momoa mm-hmm. is from Iowa. Okay. Ronald Reagan was a DJ in Iowa. I think Hoover is from Iowa. For, Hoover? Former president. Oh, okay. Sorry. I don't know if it was like... Hoover. Um, <laughs> like I, Beyonce? I, we don't have a Beyonce. No, no, but Hoover, you just go last name. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking because impre- I grew up like on these names. Drake. Yeah. Hoover. Oprah. Hoover. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a uh, Herbert Hoover, I think I know is from, uh, I can't think of anyone else. All right. So you're in good company. I wouldn't put myself in those in that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, either. I wouldn't either. Jason Momoa. Did you hear that part? Yeah, I did. I like that. Super one. hot. All right. He's really from there, guys. Very exciting. On the show tomorrow, Vice oh, President. Oh wait, of the I can't States. forget. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Go oh ahead. my God. Um, Sean Johnson, gymnast. Oh sure. Sorry. I feel like yeah. I was would not gold be, medal winner. Yeah. Yes, amazing person, Iowan. Yeah. I've met her too, actually. Small world. I've, yeah. held, I've held her gold medal. She's so, um, she's cool. Yeah. And was, she's a proud, like, we're proud of her. That's awesome. Um, all right. Speaking of things we're proud about, tomorrow on the Ashton show. Ashton Kutcher. Sorry, one more. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher and his lesser known twin brother. But they are from Iowa for sure. Sorry. All okay, right. Okay, now exciting. I'm done. I definitely hit, I peaked. Okay, who's number one? Momoa? Momoa. Momoa, okay. I had to look that up because I didn't believe it. Really? Yeah, I was like. Jason Momoa is not from Iowa. He is. He you is. should start telling people you went to prom with him or something. Like, we should just start that. If rumor. I could be someone he would eye and invite to prom, sure. I could have peaked early. Okay. Things that are exciting. Things I'm excited about. Tomorrow on the program, Ugh. Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, is on the show. Now, we have big politicians on the yeah. show. We have big stars on this show. But there's something very special when you have a sitting president or vice president on the show. It's a a whole different experience. When you started out as an NBC page, did you ever think that you'd be interviewing the vice president of the United States? Uh, Hard no. And I never thought I'd be sitting next to Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) I didn't think I'd meet Whoopi Goldberg. The amount of like pinchable moments I've had in this career never ceased to amaze me. I used to joke at NBC that I could relate more to the people on the plaza looking in the window Mm -hmm. than I could anyone on that set looking out. And I don't mean just the the people on air. I met a crew member, a props person, an intern, a page. I was like, who are they? I want to be one of them. Mm-hmm. So never imagine sitting in an interview. And I mean, I did get an interview remotely, Vice President Harris, but I didn't get to see President Biden when he was here. I saw him when he was vice president. I didn't get to see President Obama, President Clinton. So this is exciting. This to is at the exciting. Table with the sitting vice president for the first time and do an interview. I'm excited yeah. for you. So what are you looking forward to talking to her about? I feel like on the heels of this caucus, I'd love for her to shed some light on, you know, why we're still witnessing this divide in the country. But specifically, an article that Alyssa alerted me to, or maybe, no, it was actually in our packet, but Alyssa, this 
independence, Democrats fleeing the Democratic Party to be independents. Um, that shocks me a little bit because in my mind, I can comprehend Republicans becoming independents more right now because of the divide within the party. Mm-hmm. You can be unhappy, but I did not, you know, with we've we've reported that Democrats, younger Democrats, people are losing some of the enthusiasm. But dividing the party by becoming independents was a little more surprising to me. Despite someone who's you've said this, I think, voted Democrat many times. You yeah. consider yourself an independent. I, I am a registered independent for good reason, because I feel that to identify as one of the parties oversimplifies that you believe the policy on that side. And I feel very strongly I am I would not say that I tend to be moderate on the things I believe in. Mm-hmm. But some of those issues fall on different sides of the aisle. So I feel the most honest registration is independent for me. Yeah. No, I think depending on the conversation, people we're having people kind of view you one way or the other. Oh, my gosh. Someone just trolled me about being super woke. And I was like, huh? Like, depending on the day, no one knows what I am. Yeah. And they that's part of the problem. No one can comprehend who you are if you are not on one of the more extreme sides of the party, which yeah. I, I am not. No. Um. All right. Well, I'm excited to have her here. It's always uh, exciting because I feel like we ask questions that the people at home Really, it's different than meet the press. I feel like we're, we're having important questions and the questions that need to be asked. But yeah. at the same time, we come at it from a different angle, usually, and really the things that people are wondering about at home. And it's in a plain spoken way. And I think more it's really conversational. Important. Yeah. I when so. I watch you lose me a little bit on some of those political shows, because it, it, it's like going to a yoga class where everyone pretends they know what they're doing and mm-hmm. meet the press. And a lot of those shows, everyone has to fall in line, dress a certain way. And it's a little stiff for me. Yeah, we get to I see a he- little bit more of yeah. their personalities here. And I like that we sometimes hear about their kids, their partners, their, I want to know they're humans. In fact, that's sometimes mm-hmm. lacking in what I see on TV. I want to know that. Right. And there's always, listen, there's always tough questions at The View, no matter what party you're from, because yeah. we've got different perspectives at the table. So um, it's always must-see TV. So I'm really excited for it. I'm very excited. Yeah. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Woodward and Bernstein. Pen and paper. Wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, and you asked your son Alec and your daughter Sandra about Dr. King, and we have a clip of what they said. Oh, gosh. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and it's a celebration. Do you know why Martin Luther King fought for certain things? Because he didn't think you should have to sit oh, in certain... Oh, because his colored skin was just like you were born with colored skin, and that doesn't mean anything. It's just color. Right. Like, even if you're just thinking about color, if you thought about black, you have to be in the other side of the table, like... Yeah, and imagine if... And, and Martin Luther King Jr. said, that is not correct. You don't have school tomorrow, why not? Because it's Martin Luther King Day. He's the person who gave a dream speech. What do you think of Dr. Martin Luther King? Helpful, a hero. A hero. Remember when you talked about the bus? Do you know someone who got up on a bus? Uh, Rosa. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. What do you think Rosa Parks was feeling when someone said, because your skin is different? She was feeling like this isn't fair. Can you give me some questions about animals? Well, sure. Who doesn't like talking about animals? But that's really impressive. So that was Alec, the second clip. And Sandra, the first one. How old are they now? They are. Alec is seven and Sandra is a brand new six. Okay. So now what they know about these things, is this from school? Is this from you and Max sitting down and talking to them about why we have this day and what it means and talking to them about? I mean, these are tough conversations to have with kids. So it's both. Mm -hmm. Um, I commend the schools, the teachers, the things they're learning. They only they they introduced me to different holidays because they say hi in about 10 languages to try to teach people that you can say, you know, different things. My son said goodbye to his friend the other day and he said, I think it's Mihao or something. And he was like, what are you saying? He goes, Andrew's 
Andrew's Chinese mom. Like, and it was just so cute that they learned that. I think it's important as a parent to teach them uh, when a holiday rolls around that I think they need to learn about. Obviously, they know Christmas and they know, you know, Mm -hmm. but I want them to know Juneteenth and I want them to know things that I didn't know growing up. So I like to discuss it to make sure it's also sinking in. The school does the great work of introducing it. I do the work of let's talk about more of the the how it feels right what you think in my head you're doing a little like hot topics conversation around the kitchen table now with your kids which i really enjoy that well i loved it they they their hearts are young people not just my kids mm-hmm. have such beautiful untapped unruined hearts they're not cynical they're pure they love so freely that to hear them describe these things is just it's enlightening to people that have built walls up around themselves and i want to clear up one thing on the mlk day uh, show, I said something about kids should feel bad about slavery. I think, one, I don't think I was very clear. So it's my fault I didn't say it well. But the clarification there is I remember reading about history and being very uncomfortable learning about it. Because just like my kids, Sandra, the you see a clip of that. That was a six and a half minute conversation with her. Sure. Trying to understand different things and why they would do it. And And so when you go into those conversations, the kids express a little bit more of like, like injustice. That's not right. That's not. I remember the Holocaust. I could barely watch the videos that they show. And so what my point was is learning is uncomfortable if you're looking at history and including it. And, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's a privilege to only have to watch it from a distance. Like people lived those moments. So I don't mind if my kids are uncomfortable. That's what I was saying is I don't think every kid should sit around, but I do question if your kid doesn't feel bad reading or have feelings in response to these stories because an empathetic human should feel certain things. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, with kids, they process things differently. And of course, history feels like a long time ago, no matter what you're talking about. I've had similar, my daughters are 12 and nine. So, you know, they've learned about the Holocaust in school and things like that. But then also just talking about 9-11, which is, you know, I was in my 20s and working in New York City when that happened and just trying to make sense of things that don't make any sense of why things could happen like that. And it's it's tough. And it's a different conversation when it's something you lived through, but they haven't. Yep. As opposed to something that's in a history book or something that you've heard from family that you went through or Mm -hmm. things like that. It's really, uh, it's a challenging part of being a parent, but a rewarding one, I think. Well, one time, so Justin Bieber opens a sh- one of his <laughs> one of his songs with a Martin Luther King. He's mm-hmm. he's he's it's a audio of him, and a year or two, I think it was a year ago. Alex said to me, "Mama, Mama, that's Doctor Martin Luther King," and I was like, "Yeah, that is." And he's like, "I did you had you ever heard him before?" It just created this curiosity question. At one point, I asked him, "What do you know about Doctor King?" And he said. He was a leader and he was shot by a bad man. And I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. He goes, Mama, I want to lead, but I don't want to be shot. And to try to have those conversations are so hard because, you know, they always bump into things that you aren't quite sure age appropriate, like Mm -hmm. someone dying, death, not being, you know. And so hearing my kids talk about skin color I was wary because I know they look at people from different points. And a part of me feels when you talk about it, are you introducing it? Mm -hmm. Knowing how quickly they understood at school really opened the door for me to talk about that and equate other things that are born into you. The color of your eyes, like the social experiment, the hair, trying to really bring it back to 
history was based on the color of skin. Can you imagine anyone just popping out and saying arbitrarily, you know, you're a problem? And they really own that injustice. They feel it to their bones. And that's what gives me hope when people question progress in this country or will we ever be to another place. I look at young people and and they are they in, in, inspire so much hope. Yeah, I, I always struggle with the, you know, there's the instinct to protect your kids as long as possible, shelter them as long as possible from difficult conversations and difficult things. But at a certain point, as you're saying, you'd start to do them a disservice by doing that. Yeah. You, you have to really expose them to the world and, yep. and to try to do it in a way that they can learn and not be overwhelmed by it, but at the same time have those tough conversations. Books are so helpful because one of my favorite perk of this job is we have to read a ton. We have to watch a ton. The children's book that come through here have my children's bookshelves looking like nothing I had growing <laughs> up. And they talk, they, you know, one of their favorite things is the uh, She Persisted series. Sure. You know, mine, like, mine too, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the small, like bite-sized digestible versions of we have the um, Justice Sotomayor book. Mm -hmm. We have like, you name it. And we have those books. Those stories are a really great way of coming into a child's mind and, and asking questions. So the books have been a huge teacher in their lives as well. All right. Switching gears for a minute. We, we talked about some things on the show that would also uh, come with questions if your children heard about them. Um, we talked about open marriages. Now, is this something you would ever consider with Max? You said on the show, probably not because of jealousy. I actually see why it works. Mm -hmm. I 100 percent get it. And I have zero judgment. I know that my inability when I'm not at full strength to feel jealousy or to be insecure or worried that someone's coming along that Max would prefer, like that stuff would haunt me to a point that is just not worth it. Like, yeah. It's just not worth it. But I get it. I actually think when you see these couples. And so devoid of emotion or anything else, logically, you logically, think Logically, I get it. Yeah. Because I don't think, I don't, men were literally evolved to perpetuate the species, which means have as much sex as they can. Women were stunted with, I will plant a seed and you're going to sit on your butt for 10 months until you push out one baby. So we are literally created for different things. And therefore, when you think of monogamy in a heterosexual relationship, there's going to be tension in that area. So you're watching a documentary on sister wives and you're thinking, OK, I could do this. Yeah. All right. Honestly, <laughs> I the thing I don't want to know is know the people. So the sister wives, when they all hang, I don't really want to hang with the people that are. Yeah. All right. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't want to see them. Yeah. I don't want to have visuals. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it for right. sure. Just let it be this invisible presence. But I have also just to be clear in case Max is listening. This is not the situation we are in. He is not allowed to do that. Okay. Let's just make sure the one person that needs to know that this was not a hall pass. This right. is not a pass at all. This was all hypothetical. Right. So any lawyers that are seizing this podcast later for any kind of evidence. It's honestly the gay man, male community. I mean, they are the ones that would eat him first. Like okay. it's he is really a big deal in that. And I'm always like, I'm so proud of you, Max. Oh, that's nice. It's not it's not just the women. It's the men that come for him. There we go. All right. We had another topic on the list today that we didn't get to uh, about if you should tell a recently engaged friend that they could do better. Would you no. ever do this? No. So if my friend asked me, what do you think? Yes. I would answer. The problem is 
there's no way this is coming out of the blue. When you're in friend groups and people are coming and this group's this friend group that wants to tell their friend this said, the partner's annoying. They don't like him. Right. You picked up on that vibe. Everyone knows when they're bringing the person that no one approves of. Like, you do know. I've been that person. You know. You probably also know you could do better. You're making a choice. Sometimes in life, it's not your journey. Mm-hmm. You will need to learn on your own. Because unless you're asking me, you risk pushing the friend away. But if someone says to you, like, what, what do you think of Joe? And you don't like Joe. Okay, so I would say, um, can I be really honest here? Yeah, okay. I, mean, I, I, I guess. Sure. I love you. I think you're an amazing man, Brian. I don't think Joe is right for you because, and, and but I said, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. this is your private, but the things I notice are, it really drives me crazy when you're out and we don't get to see your light because he's dimming it. We don't get to see your, you're doing drugs. That's one of the things in the note. Joe has you doing a lot of drugs. You never seemed that interesting. You know, like all the different scenarios. Who the hell do you think you are, Sarah Haynes? <laughs> I think the point here is they know, they know better, and they are choosing not to, to... Right, and if they do ask, you think they're looking for help getting out of it, maybe? If they really ask, I don't think they're really going to ask. That's my point here. Okay. They don't want your opinion. So go ahead and let them do them because it's their journey, not yours. Well, listen, we got we covered a lot of stuff today. As we, we, we do. We talked about mm-hmm. parenting. We talked Caucuses. about... Caucuses. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. Tomorrow, I'll be back here with Joy to talk about our interview with the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. And uh, so many other things. In the meantime, if you have a question or want advice from me, I don't know why you'd want it from me, or a co-host, please check the episode description for the number to our Behind the Table hotline. Very excited about this. We're going to have people calling in. in. We've seen some of these. These are fun. Yeah, so far so good. Um, I'm excited to start bringing them out. So please call in. Thank you for listening. And if you get a moment, make sure you follow the podcast. If you don't know how to follow the podcast, it's easy. Just Put it into uh, our put it into your Apple podcast app, your Spotify app, wherever you listen to it, and click follow or subscribe. Thank you so much and see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.